0: Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to
1: customers around the world.
2: Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams.
0: They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing this Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck. Bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course, it's dangerous. Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. <laughs>
1: Welcome into the RotoWire DFS podcast for Thursday, April 14th. We've got 12 MLB games on the slate. We'll get to those in a second. I'm your host, James Seltzer. You can follow me on Twitter at JamesSeltzer975. And let's welcome in my co-host every week, Mr. Benny Ricciardi. Benny, what's going on, man?
2: And not too much hanging in there, uh, taking a look at some of these afternoon games on Wednesday right now, getting ready to start big slate on Wednesday night, another big slate for Thursday. So, you know, with NBA ending today, basically, uh, you know, basketball is moving on to the playoffs and baseball's in full swing
1: you got to love it. You can follow him on Twitter at BennyR11. That's Benny Ricciardi, my co-host. Benny, let's run through the slate of games that we have, and then we'll dive in and and give people some plays for today. Uh, Again, I mentioned 12 games. Seven of them are day games. Uh, Starting out early, start at 1235, so make sure you get those early lineups in early, uh, the Detroit Tigers heading to Pittsburgh. Jordan Zimmerman versus Garrett Cole. Uh, 105 start in Philadelphia, my uh, hometown, Benny. Uh, the San Diego Padres in town to end a four-game stretch here. Uh, uh, Drew Pomerantz taking on Vincent Velasquez. An exciting pitcher we could talk about in a little bit. Uh, in Minnesota at 110, Chicago White Sox right-hander Matt Latos taking on another righty. Big Irv, Irvin Santana. Uh, and then we head out to Tampa Bay for another 110 start as the Cleveland Indians head into Tampa Bay to take on the Rays. Danny Salazar versus Chris Archer, a really interesting pitching matchup there. Uh, then we get to a 145 start, a NL Central clash as the Milwaukee Brewers head to St. Louis. Willie Peralta versus Jaime Garcia, a righty lefty matchup there. Uh, and then we get to the 310 start, uh, the San Francisco Giants heading into Coors Field. Uh, some offense potentially there. Matt Kane versus Christian Bergman there. Originally it looked like Jorge De La Rosa was going to get the start. Got pushed back a day. Uh, and then we've got the Atlanta, and again at 4.05, the last of the day slate. We've got Atlanta heading into Washington to take on the Nationals. Julio Tehran rough start to the season for him, uh, taking on Tanner Roark. We get to the night slate, 7.07 start in Toronto as the New York Yankees head up there. Nathan Ivaldi versus Marcus Stroman in a matchup of right-handers. We have another right-hander, right-hander matchup at 8 o'clock in Chicago at Wrigley Field as the Cincinnati Reds head in with Rice Iglesias, who has certainly had a nice start to the season, taking on right-hander Jason Hamill for the Cubs. Uh, 8.05 start, we have three left on the slate here. Chris Tillman and the Baltimore Orioles head in to take on lefty Cole Hamill's And the Texas Rangers, Hamels had a nice start to the season as well. Uh, And then the last two of the night, 8-10 start, Kansas City Royals in Houston, Ian Kennedy versus Doug Pfister. And then rounding it out, our only 10 uh, o'clock, 10-10 actually start, but only 10 or later start, Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and Robbie Ray head on to take Mr. I-have-not-given-up-a-hit-yet-this-season, Ross Stripling, and the Dodgers. All right, Benny. Let's jump right into it here and start with that early twelve thirty-five game. The Detroit Tigers heading into Pittsburgh. Our inner uh, inner league game of the day. There, uh, Benny. Who do you like uh, in this one with Jordan Zimmerman taking on Garrett Cole? Cole a rough start to the season. Uh, Giving up uh, five, excuse me, three runs in his first start and four two thirds innings, a one seven one whip, an ugly start going up against Zimmerman, who had a really nice first outing for the Tigers, seven shutout innings for Zimmerman. Uh, who do you like in this one, Ben?
2: Yeah, you know, Garrett Cole is a guy who I thought was going to have a pretty good year this year, and I mean, I still think he can. It was only one bad start that he has, but this isn't really a good spot for him either. He's a guy who, if you look at his numbers over the last two years, has kind of a reverse splits thing going on, meaning that you know even though he's a right hander, right-handed bats actually do a little bit better against them, and that's not a good thing with this uh, Detroit lineup. You got you know J.D. Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, Ian Kinsler, Justin Upton, you know a lot of big, powerful right-handed bats in this lineup, and uh, I just don't really think it's a good spot for Cole. So if anything, I think I'm more on the Detroit bats here than I would be on on Garrett Cole. On the other side of the game, Zimmerman's a guy who usually struggles more with left-handed bats. So uh, guys like maybe Jaso leading off, John Jaso leading off for Pittsburgh, uh, Gregory Polanco, who we talked about last week, Um, and a guy who I wanted to mention here, Matt Joyce, who was a left-handed bat, usually a platoon guy that bats up against right-handed pitching. He led off yesterday. Or no, yeah, he led off yesterday. He hit third two days ago for that Pittsburgh team. So if you're going up against a right-handed pitcher and we're going to get Matt Joyce up there towards the top of the order at a pretty cheap price, I think he's another interesting guy that we got to look at. And then um, the only other guy who I really have on my list for Pittsburgh, you know, Andrew McCutcheon for me is always in play. Righty on righty is pretty good. About a 370 Woba last year. Uh, ISO score a little over 200. So not the greatest hitters park there in Pittsburgh, but I think I'm going to look at the Pittsburgh left-handed bats and I think that, you know, some of those Detroit righties are going to have a a good game as well.
1: Yeah, Benny, I agree. I think you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I think you kind of want to jump on Garrett Cole right now while he's Still a little shaky. J.D. Martinez just hit his first homer of the season a couple nights ago. Uh, he's been hitting well. I could see him having a good night. He's one of those guys who has those reverse splits, has hit right-handers better than left-handers. Uh, so he's another name that I would look at. And, and of course, Gregory Polanco, always a, a potential decent play against a right-handed pitcher. All right, let's move on to that 105 start in Philadelphia, where I am from, Benny. Uh the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, not been the best team in baseball, and I think that's going to continue. But uh, Vincent Velasquez, a really interesting young right-hander that they got in the uh, the Ken Giles trade, uh, uh, first start of the season against the Mets, six shutout innings, nine Ks, uh, looked good. Three walks you don't love, but uh, you know only three hits, the one whip is a solid outing for Velasquez. He's going to be going up against Drew Pomeranz, who. You know, wasn't great, but didn't do that bad considering it was in Colorado. Only gave up two runs in five innings, uh, a seven-to-three strikeout-to-walk rate. So, you know, nothing special, but but considering it was up in Colorado, not the worst outing from Pomerantz. And obviously, there's some upside there. Who do you like in this one?
2: I, I like the pitching because both of these offenses have been kind of struggling. Um, Velasquez is pretty solid. He's an interesting young pitcher that they have there. right hand they're going up against San Diego. San Diego doesn't really have any big left-handed bats, which is the way you would want to attack them. I mean, their best left-handed bat is probably, you know, Spangenberg, I would guess, who who hit second for him. You know, their big bats are guys like Matt Kemp and and Will Myers, and those are both guys that are right-handed bats that, you know, hit better against left-handed pitching. So, I think the could have another nice start here. And then even on the other side, um, kind of the opposite for Philadelphia, and you're from Philly, so you might know this. I know everybody was kind of up in arms yesterday because they went against the lefty in, uh, in Robbie Erland. And Darren Ruff wasn't in the roster. I, I heard that he might have like pulled something in his back or a muscle, and that's why they sat him. But without him in there, if they're going to go with guys like Howard and and, and you know Odebel Herrera and the lefty heavy top of that order— You know, Robbie Erland, who's not a very good pitcher, I I think Pomerantz is probably better than he is. You know, he made that Philly team look pretty bad yesterday. So I think right now Philly's going to have a problem with left-handed pitching because they don't have a lot of big right-handed bats. I mean, Carlos Ruiz, uh, the catcher, was hitting... Fifth for them yesterday. So, if that's the best power bat you have from the right side going up against left handed pitching, it's going to be a pretty long season for the Phillies.
1: Well, you forgot the one. They do have Michael Franco, who's probably the only real major league hitter on the team. But, uh, you know, Franco actually really good against both sides. I think he had a 360 Woba against both righties and lefties last season. But uh, has started the season hot, 402 Woba to start the season. And, and obviously a pedigree guy uh, had a 440 Woba in the month of June last year. So it kind of shows what his, his potential is. I like him against Pomeranz. Pomeranz has been significantly worse against uh, right-handed hitters than lefties in his career. 340 Woba versus a 227 Woba the other way. So, you know, if you can get a righty in there, I, I like it. Cesar Hernandez, another guy who's been hot to start the season, maybe a cheaper option and at second base. Uh, also a switch hitter, better from the right side of the plate. Uh, but like you mentioned, Darren Ruff, I think if he's healthy, he's a under career woba versus lefties he'll start at first base if he's healthy he did have it he's day to day with a uh, contusion um, so that's why he wasn't in the lineup there but you know Ryan Howard can't be playing against left-handers he shouldn't be playing against anyone period but you know, they're going to give him that right to play against righties and finish out his career, I suppose. But if Darren Ruff's in the lineup, I think he's a nice under-the-radar play against Pomerantz there. Totally agree on the other side of the ball. Uh, Velasquez is actually one of my nice pitching plays of the day, especially at what could be a, a solid, you know, value there. So I, I really like Velasquez. I think there's a lot of upside there. And, again, you mentioned that Padres offense. Not particularly good or, or or scary to go against, especially from the left side of the plate. All right, let's move on to the other 1-10 uh, start today in uh, Minnesota as the White Sox headed Matt Latos against Big Irv. Uh, Irv uh, has been all right, had one decent start, one rough start, and uh, Latos actually looked solid in his first start against Oakland, uh, six innings, but still only the two strikeouts. Where are you leaning in this one?
2: Yeah, I don't think I wanna. I don't think I wanna use Latos, which is tough because Minnesota has been a team that it's been okay to target pitchers against in the early going. They they have a lot of strikeouts early on here. You know, not really that powerful of an offense. I mean, other than uh, you know Miguel Sano, there's really not a, a lot of guys that I like there. You know, Maurer is basically just a single slap hitter at this point in his career. You know, Trevor Plouffe is better against lefties. We don't really like him against righties. Same with, uh, you know, Brian Dozier at the top of that lineup. So there's not much with this Minnesota lineup that scares me, but you you hit the nail on the head with the only two-strikeout thing for Latos. You know, Latos actually got lit up at points during last year. He was very up and down. So I don't know if I can really roll with him out there. On the other side of this game, too, I mean, Santana going up against the Chicago White Sox, they don't really have a lot of guys who hit right-handed pitching well. The only two guys who really had even a WOBA over 360, which is you know considered above average, are um, Adam Eaton, their leadoff hitter, and then uh, Jose Abreu, who's actually really good in righty-on-righty situations. I think he had about a 380 WOBA last year, uh, like a 240 ISO score. So he's probably the. Those are probably the two bats that I would look at to go up against Santana. But on the, on the Minnesota side, I mean, other than maybe uh, Miguel Sano, who does do well against righty-on-righty situations, I, there's really not anybody that uh, you know, I'm rushing to put into my lineups from this game.
1: Yeah, it's a shame because the pitching matchup isn't really that intimidating, and yet there's really no offensive guys that you really like putting out there. Uh, I agree on the Adam Eaton call has actually started the season well, batting four seventeen as of now on the season. Uh, the three forty four career Roba versus Wright, he's always a threat to steal a base, even though he hasn't ran so much yet this season. So I think Eaton's probably the only way I'd go there, and, and that Minnesota offense, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're just rough to start the season to begin with. I mean, you know, you consider maybe Byron Buxton against uh, the lefty, but, you know, just for some steals. But I think it's a total stay away. Let's move on to the uh, last uh, 110 start of the day, uh, heading down to Tampa Bay as, as one of the better pitching matchups of the day, even though one of them has struggled so far this year. We got Danny Salazar, who looks solid against the White Sox, five innings, seven Ks, three walks you don't like, but still a nice outing, only one run, uh, against Chris Archer, who has, who has struggled so far this season. And was so-so in the first outing versus Toronto, and then and then beat up against Baltimore, allowing the six earned runs in the outing. So, not a good start from Archer, and it has not looked as good. The velocity has been a little down. You wonder whether it's just a little dead arm period or, or something more. Uh, how you kind of viewing this this Cleveland-Tampa uh, Bay game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I wish there were some bats that I liked on this Cleveland team because. Archer is basically like the nuclear of the Major League Baseball right now. He's uh, trying to strike everybody out. You know, he, he needs to throw some more ground balls and be a little more democratic out there because he, he's basically getting knocked around right now. Uh, on the other side, I do like Salazar a lot going up against that Tampa Bay team. You know, again, this is not a game that I'm really targeting a lot of bets in. I think both of these pitchers are solid. I'm a little hesitant to use Archer right now because he has been getting knocked around, although the strikeouts are there. The problem I have is the price is so high on him that, you know, he basically not only needs the strikeouts, but he needs to go six or seven innings at a minimum and not give up any runs. So, so far, we haven't really seen that out of him. And then Salazar is pretty solid. So you look at that Tampa Bay team, you try to figure out what bats you want to take against them. You know, a lot of the bats on Tampa Bay that people are worried about are right-handed bats, you know, guys like Longoria, guys like, uh, you know, Logan Forsythe, who's been pretty good. I guess Corey Dickerson is probably the one guy that stands out the most for Tampa Bay, but I'm I'm not really loving the fact that he hasn't shown me that he can hit outside of Coors Field yet. So you look at his numbers, you look at him on paper, he looks like a great play, but until he shows me that he can, you know, reproduce that near- 400 WOBA, and near 300 ISO score playing outside of Coors Field, to me, he's just kind of like an overrated, cheaper option in the outfield.
1: Yeah, I agree 100% there. This is kind of a stay away offensively for me. Again, like you said, because that Cleveland offense, there's just not a lot to like right now. Jason Kipnis has always hit righties well. Archer worse against lefties than righties. But I think you really are kind of just – Staying away unless there's some really, really good values. Dickerson was really the only name I came up with on the Tampa Bay side that that interested me at all. Uh, Francisco Lindor has been really hot to start the season, but it does hit lefties better, so I think I feel the same way. I would actually consider starting Salazar, depending on the price as well. I think he'd be a good pitching option for the day. All right, let's move ahead to the 145 start of the day as we head to St. Louis as the Milwaukee Brewers head to town the Wiley Coyote Peralta, Wiley Peralta. It's, I know it's Willy but I always want to call him Wiley Peralta just because the Wiley Coyote thing. Um, He's missing, the,
2: a, missing an L in that first name. Yeah, truth. But he'll make up for it at the end of this game with the L that he'll get.
1: Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> that was pretty good. I'm going to give you that was pretty good. That was good. That Occasionally was good. I try. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when you try, you bring the gold, Benny. that That's the beauty of it. Uh, and taking on Jaime Garcia. Jaime, don't call me James Garcia. Who do you like in this one, Ben?
2: Yeah, I love, I love St. Louis. Um, I think you can go from the top of the order straight down against Peralta. Peralta gives up a lot of home runs, has a high batting average against. I mean, everything that you would look for in a pitcher to target is what he has. I'd like the game a little bit better if it was in Milwaukee. I think it's a better hitter's ballpark than St. Louis, but... I think you can start with Carpenter up top. Um, what's the guy's name? Hassel, Hasselbaker, Hasselbaker, the, Hazel Baker, Hazelbaker.
1: The Hazel Baker, Jeremy Hazelbaker.
2: He's been he's been very good since they put him up there. So I think he's in play. Whichever one of the first basemen they decide to roll out, whichever one of the lefties, whether it's Matt Adams or uh, Brandon Moss, I think you can look at them. You know who do we skip over here? I guess Holiday would be the the three hitter in that lineup. So anybody at the top of that St. Louis order, especially the lefties, I think are definitely in play. And then uh, with Garcia, I mean, you know, he he's pretty solid as well, but I think that Milwaukee does have some right-handed bats. Actually, Milwaukee has a ton of right-handed bats that they can throw at him because pretty much their whole team is right-handed. The only guy that really sticks out to me, though, is uh, probably Ryan Braun. He's most likely the only guy that I would look to be using there. Um, nobody else really jumps off the page at me on that Milwaukee team as somebody that I want to put onto my rosters.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the Milwaukee side. Dominguez Santana's had a, a decent start to the season, potentially on the price. He's been in the the mid-twos, 2000 2700 2500 2600 So I think that could be a, a somewhat decent value, potentially. And you never know. Chris Carter's been flashing a little power recently. So, you know, you never know. If he's cheap enough, maybe worth the upside for a homer. But I'm with you. In this game, I just wrote, start hitters versus Wiley, a.k.a. Willie. Um, I I like them all. Hazel Baker batting 526 on the season, a couple homers, a couple steals, uh, always – You know, there's no statistical evidence to back it up, but riding the hot guy is never the worst strategy or at least the worst play when you're picking between two guys who have similar, you know, value or price. Uh, And then Piscotti is the only other guy you didn't mention who uh, actually better against lefties, but has hit righties really well as well, a 363 career Wobba, excuse me, versus righties and, and hit righties pretty well in the minors as well. Um, so Biscotti's another name I like there, but I agree. I think, uh, I think if you're looking for one of the stacks tomorrow, I think the Cardinals have to be high on the list. All right, let's head to the early afternoon games. We got a 310 start in Colorado, which 310 Eastern. So really a, a day game there at 1210 game as the Giants headed and Matt Kane taking on Christian Bergman, Bergman making his first start of the season, a couple of relief appearances and Matt Cain actually you know, not great, but better than we expected in that first outing. Who do you like in this one, Benny?
2: Well, I actually had down, I know you said in, in the opening, Jorge De La Rosa was supposed to be the starter, the left-hander. So I kind of wrote down some names based on that. Bergman is a righty, right, if I'm not Correct, mistaken.
1: but interestingly enough significantly worse versus right-handed hitters, so it might still play. Uh, Has a career, yeah, listen to this one, has a career 425 Woba allowed to right-handed hitters, so really significant reverse splits there.
2: Yeah, okay, well, in that case, I mean, Posey's in play, Pence is in play. If You know, as long as Posey's playing, he he took a foul ball off the foot. Uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday he took a foul ball off the foot and then sat out yesterday. So most likely he's going to be back. They said the x-rays were negative. It wasn't anything big. But just keep an eye on that. Um, Brown came in for him as the backup catcher and hit a couple home runs yesterday and won some people some money. So, I, you know, he he's not somebody I would expect to keep doing that. If you look at his minor league numbers, they weren't all that great. So hopefully Posey's back because Posey and Pence would be two guys that I definitely wanted. But, I, you know, like you said, I'm not a big fan of Colorado or any of the pitchers on their staff, so... I think whenever there's a game in Coors Field, you can always look at the opposing team that's going to get a full nine innings worth of at-bats. So the other guys at the top of that San Francisco order, you'd be looking at like Span and Panic, uh, maybe even Brandon Belt. So I think you can you can stack up some of these San Francisco bats and it will be in a good place. For Colorado, uh, Matt Kane, right-handed pitcher, you know, he's not as good as he was a couple years ago, and he's significantly worse when he's outside of San Francisco at this point. So – I think you can look at the left-handed bats like uh, Carlos Gonzalez is in play, and even the right-handed bats, I think, are in play against him. So, you know, a guy like uh, Trevor Story, even though his price is getting absolutely ridiculous on some of these sites right now, but, hey, when a guy starts the season hitting three thirty three with seven home runs in the first week, you got to figure the price is going to come up a little bit at the at the very least, especially when he's playing his home games in Coors Field like this.
1: Yeah, Trevor's story—the uh, first player did, I, I think, seven homers in his first six games, something along those lines. Really unbelievable what he's been doing. Uh, I agree with everything you said. Uh, we talked about it last week games in Colorado. You'll see the price bump. Sometimes you just got to ride it, especially with the big bats. Cargo hit a couple homers the other night. Has looked good. Uh, I think that's a great play versus Kane. Uh, And flipping it around, you mentioned Pence and Posey of healthy, but I love Matt Duffy in this game as well. Matt Duffy, also the reverse splits, actually better against righties than lefties. So it's kind of a battle of reverse splits, reverse splitting against each other, but all favoring Duffy. So uh, I I like him there, and, and I don't think he'll be crazy expensive comparatively.
2: The other good thing about that, too, when you have a guy with reverse splits like that, a lot of people just look at the lineups and go, all right, well, I'm not going to play any of the righties against the lefty or any of the lefties against the, you know, against the lefty, and they don't really dig into the numbers. So I feel like you get a lot of these guys that have those reverse splits that are in good spots going up against the pitcher with reverse splits. You get them at much lower ownership than you would if everybody actually did the homework and looked at the numbers.
1: It's a great point. And again, like we said, De La Rosa was scheduled but pitch. She's actually still on, on some sites, it said, but according to MLB.com and Rockies.com, uh, Bergman will be the starter. So if he isn't, Delarosa also struggles against righties, so a lot of the same advice plays. All right, let's round out the day slate or early afternoon slate in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, as Julio Tehran and the Braves take on Tanner Roark in a battle of righties. Uh, un- uh, unexciting righties so far this season. Who do you like, Benny?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened to Tehran. About two years ago, this guy looked like he was on his way, and he's still young. I think he's only 24, or 25 years old. But about two years ago, he looked like he was on his way to becoming, like, you know, the next big thing that Atlanta Atlanta had in, on the pitching front. And ever since then, last year, even this year, he just hasn't looked like the same guy. So I'm not at all scared of targeting bats against him. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. So whenever I have a righty going up against Washington, I always look at guys like Bryce Harper with his 470-something uh, Woba and 350 ISO score against right-handed pitching last year. You know, big left-handed bat, absolute Probably going to be one of the higher owned guys here. Uh, Daniel Murphy, who's been pretty hot to start the season, another guy usually hits about fifth in that lineup. Uh, he's somebody else that I'll probably have a couple shares of. And then you know Tehran is a little bit tougher on uh, on some of the righties, so I still like Zimmerman a little bit. Uh, Michael Taylor still pretty cheap leading off for them now. Um, so guys like that I think are in play. But really, the guys that I'm looking at on the Washington side are. You know Harper definitely, and and probably Murphy is a little bit behind them. On the Atlanta side, you know the one name that stands out to me against uh, any right-handed pitcher is always Freddie Freeman. He's somebody that's up there. I'm interested to see how things work out. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, what's his name? Oliveras Hector Oliveras Olivera. Was, uh, Olivera, yeah, was uh, arrested for you know assaulting a woman at a you know hotel or something like that. So. I don't know how who, who's going to be the bats uh, that they put it in there. I mean, the other day I think they had Jeff Francoeur in there against the lefty. So there's just not a lot of offensive talent on this team. I do like Adonis uh, Garcia, but again, he's somebody I'd rather use against a left-handed uh, pitcher. So really the only guy that kind of stands out to me for the Atlanta side would be Freddie Freeman.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's the only name I had. Uh, Murphy batting 500 this season, a career 340 Woba versus Righties. So I would just hammer that home as well. But otherwise, uh, bad pitchers, but not a lot of offensive upside out of the obvious names like Harper. All right, Benny, before we get into the five-night games, I want to tell you about... Little FanDuel, MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, you can afford to play. It's a dollar. It's a dollar, and you have the chance to win so much, and it's it's fun. It gives you excitement. You can watch every game each night and, and have something invested in it. It's just a really great way to, to kind of move fantasy forward and play fantasy. So join over 1 million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my code R. RW Pod to sign up now. Again, RW Pod special offer for new users. Get a free 6-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit, which is an amazing deal. You must sign up with my promo code RW Pod. That's over $60 in value for only $25. So don't forget to use my code RwPod. Pod. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's jump into the night slate as we try and uh, pound through these last few games here. Seven o seven start, the Yankees head in Toronto. Nathan Eovaldi taking on Marcus Stroman. Who do you like?
2: You know, I actually like the pitching more than I like the hitting, which is surprising for a game up in Toronto. Iovaldi is usually somebody who struggles with left-handed bats, and as good as this Toronto team is, they really don't have any left-handed bats. So you look at the top of that order, the guys that you usually look for. You know, you got two lows of righty. You got uh, Joey Batista's a righty. You got Donaldson's a righty. You got Edwin Encarnacion's a righty. Now, I don't want to say that they don't hit right-handed pitching well, because this is a team that hit right-handed pitching well, too, last year, even though they're, they're very righty-dominant but Eovaldi has actually been pretty good against Toronto in his career so I'm not looking to use Eovaldi don't you know don't get me wrong here but I also don't think it's the greatest spot for a lot of these Toronto bats and same thing kind of goes on the other side for the for the Yankees you know Stroman has actually given up a little bit of a higher average to right-handed bats which is tough for the Yankees because the Yankees have all those lefties you know basically because they play in Yankee Stadium in the short porch they want to have a lot of those lefties in their lineup The only guy who really has even decent numbers against Stroman on the Yankees team, um, Brett Gardner's 3-for-13 lifetime against him, which isn't really all that great, but two of those three hits have been for home runs. You look at the rest of that Yankees team against him, though, guys like McCann, guys like Beltran, guys like Tex, you know, even A-Rod, like, they just do not have good numbers in in limited innings against uh, Stroman, so I look at this game and I really want to take some bats because it's in Toronto, but... There's not a lot of guys on either one of these two teams that really stand out to me.
1: Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I like Stroman a lot. I, I wouldn't start any Yankees, per se, against him or, or be excited about it. Um, and, and, you know, the names on Toronto are like Michael Saunders, who might be a nice lower-value type of play. Hits righties pretty well. You know, Donaldson, you can never go wrong playing Joss Donaldson. He's He's been hitting well right now, obviously, but... Yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of a, a stay away, which is surprising for a game in Toronto. All right, let's move on to the 8 o'clock start this evening. In uh, NL Central Class is, uh Rysel Iglesias and his Reds. Rysel has been pretty nasty to start the season. The whip's a little high, but still the 12 strikeouts and 11 innings it has looked good. Uh, what do you think of Rysel Iglesias taking on Jason Hamill, who had a nice start in his first start against Arizona as well, in Chicago?
2: Yeah. You know, I like Iglesias a lot, so I'm not in love with a lot of these Chicago bats, but they do kind of profile well against them. They have um, a lot of left-handed bats in that lineup that could give them some trouble. You know, guys like Zobris, guys like Hayward, uh, moving on down even to, you know, Rizzo, who's obviously a stud. Even Chris Bryant hits right-handed pitching pretty well. So I don't think it's going to be an easy spot for him. I think the Chicago team does have the ability to, you know, pound out some runs, but they also do strike out a lot, especially now that, Schwarber's out and you know Jorge Soler is in there he was a guy who had a huge strikeout rate last year so if you remember last year you know the Cubs were a team that you use pitchers against in GPPs because they were either gonna knock 10 runs out of the pitcher they were facing or they were gonna strike out 16 times and sometimes they struck out 12 or 13 times and still wound up getting 10 runs out of them so you know I, I don't think it's a really soft spot for Iglesias so I'm probably off of him but I also don't think it's an easy spot for a lot of those hitters, so not too much exposure I'm going to have. Rizzo being the one guy who I, I have written down here that I'm probably going to have some exposure to. And then on the other side, with Hamill's, uh, you know, with Hamill being a right-handed pitcher, you're probably looking at Joey Votto as the best bat to go up against them. I don't really love the other left-handed bats that Cincinnati has. You know, I like the combination of Cozart and Suarez up at the top of the order. They've been they've been doing all right and getting on base you know, Vado hasn't gotten it going like he normally does, but he's the the guy that I like the most there. And then after that, you're talking about, like, you know, maybe Billy Hamilton or Jay Bruce as some of the left-handed options. And, I mean, that's very – both of those guys are really just GPP plays for me. You know, if Hamilton can get on, he can get you the stolen base and and score a run or two, which will give you a nice score. And Jay Bruce is a guy who goes one for three with two strikeouts and either a single or a home run. So if he hits the home run for you, you're in a good spot. If he only gets a single out of it, you know, he's probably not going to do enough to pay it off for you. So GPP only for me with some of these bats, and uh, that's probably about it.
1: Yeah, there's nothing that really excites me too much. I do like Iglesias. He is uh, he is fun to watch, but uh, it's kind of a scary matchup, so I feel very similar as you. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, the Best team in baseball so far, especially offensively. Heading into Texas to take the Rangers, uh, take on the Rangers. Eight oh five start. Chris Tillman versus Cole Hamels. Tillman has pitched well this season, as has Hamels. Uh,
2: who do you like? Well, if you're looking at guys to go up against Hamels, you probably want some of the right-handed bats. So a guy like Machado makes a little bit of sense. A guy like Trumbo, who's been really hot right now, is somebody that I kind of like. Um, Even Rickard at the top of of the order, he's been getting on base. I think he's got like a 400 batting average right now. So, you know, the top of that order for Baltimore is what's going to make Cole Hamels work. But Hamels is a really good pitcher too. Uh, He's pitching at home in Texas, so it's a a decent spot here for him. Then on the other side of the game with uh, Chris Tillman, I mean, you probably want to look at some of these left-handed bats or even a guy like Adrian Beltre who's a right-handed bat that hits well in righty-on-righty situations. So you're probably looking at guys like maybe Fielder, um, you know, Fielder, Beltray, since Chu is hurt right now and he's out, so who, the young kid that they brought up is is not a bad option either, where he's still cheap.
1: Yeah, I really like Mazzaro. Hit his first homer the other night. Has really. Done a good job since coming up and hasn't looked afraid in any situation. I, I don't think he's struck out yet. If he has, I think he's only got one strikeout so far, so has has looked really good. So I think if he's cheap, I think that's a really nice play, lefty versus righty there as well. And uh, Otherwise, totally agree. I think I could see both Hamels and Tillman actually being an okay start. I just never can buy in on Tillman, but has looked good so far this season. All right, let's round it out with the two night games, uh, or the last two night games of the eve. Uh, 8-10 start in Houston as the Royals head in to take on the Astros in a uh, rematch of the ALCS last year. We've got Ian Kennedy versus Doug Pfister, so appropriately, uh, appropriately enough, two guys who did not pitch in the ALCS going up against each other. What do you think, Ben?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Kennedy looked pretty good his, uh, you know, his first couple innings so far this year. He was a guy that was always been a pretty solid pitcher. I like the fact that he's on Kansas City right now because they have a great defense behind them and they play in a really good park that, you know, pitchers seem to do pretty well in. This game is in Houston, though, which makes it a little bit tougher. Houston's a much better hitter's park, gives up a lot more home runs there. You usually want some left-handed bats to go up against uh, Kennedy. You know, the the top of that Houston order is all right-handed, but there's some very good right-handed hitters there. I mean, Jose Altuve is one of the best average hitters we have in the league. You know, Springer's got a lot of pop and a lot of upside for a young bat. Correa might be my favorite young player in all of baseball at this point. But the guys who I'm really looking at are, you know, the lefty bats, like maybe a Colby Rasmus who usually hits uh, fifth for them. You got guys like Preston Tucker and uh, Jason Castro towards the bottom of the order, Luis Valbuena. You know, some of those left-handed bats with a little bit of pop, I think, are going to have a chance to get to, to Ian Kennedy. His home run numbers are low, but remember, he played in San Diego the last couple of years. So when you're playing in San Diego, it takes, a, it takes a, a pretty good jack to get the ball out of that ballpark. Houston is not that hard to hit home runs in, so I think he could be a little bit susceptible here. On the other side, I don't like Doug Pfister at all. So I think you can look at basically anybody on the top of that Kansas City order. I'd be willing to stack them up. You know, guys like uh, Alcides Escobar, Mike Moustakos, uh, the left-handed bats, Morales and Hosmer, which is always tough to stack them because they're both first-base eligible on a lot of sites and you can't fit them both in there. But I think all those guys are in play. And, uh, you know, the lefty bats would be how I go after Fister, And, you know, I think you can kind of attack Kennedy with anybody up towards the top of that Houston order. I think this is going to be a higher-scoring game than even Vegas expects it to be.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like Tucker. I like Rasmus a lot. He's hit well to start the season, and I think he started everyone first. Fister, last game of the night, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks heading to the Dodgers as Robbie Ray takes on the unhittable Ross Stripling. What do you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ross Stripling's going to be unhittable for the rest of the season. That would uh, That would be quite a feat, but I mean, his first start was really good. Uh, Guys that I'm looking at to go up against him, there's really only two. Uh, Goldie hits well, whether it's a righty or lefty. It doesn't matter who you throw out there against him. So he's always in play. Uh, With Stripling being a righty, I do also like David Peralta. Uh, He's somebody who I'm expecting to have a really big year this year. He's hitting in the cleanup spot for this team. So he's the other guy that I'd really be looking at on Arizona pretty hard. Um, On the Dodgers now, they're going up against Robbie Ray, who's a lefty. And it's tough for me because they don't really have a lot of big right-handed bats in that lineup. I guess Yasiel Puig makes a lot of sense. He'll probably get moved up to the three-hole with Adrian Gonzalez dropping down to the four spot in this matchup. But, you know, really, they, they have just so many left-handed bats, and, and they don't really have a lot of guys from the right side right now. You know, maybe they put in, like, a, you know, a Kiki Hernandez or something like that, but they got uh, Van Slyke, who's hurt, which really hurts them because he was one of the guys that they used to throw in there against the lefty. So, I mean, Jock Peterson's probably not going to play. You're probably going to see a, a Trace Thompson um, sighting in this game as, as the right handed part of that platoon. But really, the only guy that I'm looking at on the Dodgers side is probably Yasiel Puig. You know, I like Seeger. He's okay in lefty on lefty matchups, but we much prefer him against the righty, which is pretty much the case for most of that Dodgers team all the way down. So,. Not really a great spot for the Dodgers here. And it's also in Dodger Stadium. If the game was in Arizona, I might feel a little bit better about the offense here. But Dodger Stadium, not really a place that gives up a lot of runs and a lot of hits. So... I, I'm going to kind of shy away from this game a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think Puig's really the only guy I'm I'm excited about there. All right, before we get out of here, Benny, real quick, I already mentioned it before. Vincent Velasquez is my sleeper pitcher of the day. If you had to pick one guy as a, a lower end starting pitcher for today, who are you going to throw in there?
2: You know, again, that's San Diego. I think you can look at both sides of that game because both of those teams, to me, have really bad, you know, really bad lineups. I do like Pomerantz as a lefty going up against Philly as well. Because if you remember what Robbie Erland did to that team yesterday, if you have Howard in the middle of that lineup and no rough, to me that's like a three automatic outs. And then you look at the rest of that lineup that Philly has, not a lot of guys that really scare you. Like we said, they had you know Ruiz, their catcher, hitting fifth, and he's not a guy who hits for high average or really has a ton of power. So if you're going to have the middle of your order be like Odubel Herrera and um, you know Ryan Howard, two lefties, with uh, you know Carlos Ruiz backing them up, I don't see them scoring a lot of runs either. So I think you can throw lefties at this Philly team right now, as long as Darren roughs out. So I like both pitchers in that game. I think they'll both be cheap, and I think you'll get a, a good return out of both of them. I think we see another one of these one nothing 2-1 kind of games coming out of this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. Velasquez and Pomerantz, both nice plays to help you fill out your lineup. All right, that's going to do it for the Roto-Wire DFS podcast for Thursday, April 4th. Both Benny and I will be back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place, we'll talk about some Friday baseball action as well. So until then, go out, good luck, win some money.